This is the Overclock Podcast, a weekly dose of video game music and conversation from ocremix.org. This week, we listen to Laura Shigihara's story of Rakuen, take a crack at uncovering the secret of Monkey Island and Major Third's The Big Ones, and find a shady tree to sit under as we listen to a decidedly peaceful playlist. Hello, Steven. Hey, how are you? Are you peace? Are, are you peaceful? Yeah, I think I think I can turn my gain up a little bit. That would probably be helpful because of how peaceful we are. Yeah, hold on. Our electronics need to compensate for our complete sense of peace. I'm on it. I'm on it. This is episode sixty-three of the Overclock Peacecast. I'm your host Brian, and joining me today is my peaceful co-host Stephen. Hello. There Stephen. we go. I think I fixed the setting. Well, that's great. We have a wonderful show for everyone today. We have Laura Shigahara, who you talked to. How was that? Wonderful. It's just great. It, it was fun to hear her story of making a video game not dissimilar to Zircon's own story, where he made a video game. Wow, that's they should compete. <laughs> that's not a contest. They're actually extremely no. different games. While Zircon's game is a very actiony dungeon crawlerly um roguelike, that's the word I'm looking for. Laura's is a very mm-hmm. story-based uh, sort of a adventure game, kind of like to the moon. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So what you're saying is they're exactly the same and we should compare them. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Awesome. Uh we also <laughs> We also have a segment again this week, which is very exciting. You don't have to listen to us try to surprise each other. You get to listen to the Secret of Monkey Island music. Yep. Just got the email from Matthew Tusseroni himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, It turns out he did that thing again where he starts researching a topic and gets so into it, he has to turn it into a two-parter. Oh, so this is part one of the Secret of Monkey Island? This is just about all the different versions. This is the Secret of Monkey? Uh, (laughs) Yes. Very good joke. Uh, it's like <laughs> 10 minutes of just like analyzing and comparing, speaking of comparisons, like the like theme to Monkey Island or the secret of Monkey Island, I should say. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'm going to out you, Stephen. You don't like Monkey Island music. Uh, not so much, but I think I might have figured out why. Why? Because Matthew uh, compares it to a uh, kind of a pirate reggae style. Mm. I, I don't think I like reggae music. Oh, really? Not. Not really. I I, hmm. I won't shut the door on it, but I've never really, uh, I don't know. You need to appreciate some reggae. We should make reggae our playlist next week. No, no, I don't want to <laughs> do that because I want we'll it, it to it be a good special theme. Okay, because... here's extracurricular activity. Okay. It doesn't even have to be video game music. Everyone just send in reggae music that will make Steven yeah. appreciate reggae. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. Our goal is to make Steven a reggae convert. Mm-hmm. So by the time we, you know have an episode air in two weeks yeah. from now i want to yeah. just have reggae cds stuffed in my bookshelf mm-hmm. and just that to be my whole life yep that yep so a couple of housekeeping notes here first of all okay. steven did we finish our survey that we sent out we did it's done it's over we sent out the prize and we thank you all heartily for do we want to announce the winner I feel like people would think it's some sort of branded nepotism <laughs> if I announce the winner. It's a trap. Uh, I feel like we should, though. Okay, in, so in, the uh, winner, and I swear it was a blind drawing, randomized number, was Sin Shottis, our good friend who writes the writes our show notes. Rewinds. He may, we may, contract negotiations may have been a part of this. He may have. <laughs> he may have threatened to leave us. Remix and we yeah. had to- 
<laughs> Compensate but him. That's all conjecture. Mm-hmm. We deny these 4chan allegations. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> also, another bit of housekeeping is just wanted to let people know we were gone last week. That is because we are switching to our bi-weekly shows. Our shows will come out every other week. And on the off weeks, we're going to be doing a live playlist where we join our fans in Discord and listen through basically a playlist that you all submit, just like for a show. But instead, we listen to a track and then chat about it and then listen to the next track, etc. We'll hopefully be recording those and putting those up as well. But we're still figuring out the logistics for that. Yes, my co-host, Steven. So that means next week, which is the 13th of May on uh-huh. Saturday at 4 p.m. Central Time, we will be having a good fun time listening to music and um making jolly i love music and good fun times yes so speaking of which (laughs) good one brian it is time for the remix rewind where we run down the latest remixes from oc remix dot remix Newcomer Smooth for Life brings some serious lyrical talent to a familiar Kingdom Hearts track in his debut track, Protect Your Kingdom. The soothing melody mixes with the intensity of the lyrics in a storm-through-the-glass kind of way. It feels like an emotional wind that offers, but never threatens, to carry us away. You got the key to reach every dream, so you had it from the start. Strong enough to beat every challenge, good enough to reach every palace. And with the team, you can do anything, I mean everything within everything. Climbing every mountain, swimming every sea. Nobody can ever take the spot. It was made for you because you got a heart. If you got my back, I got yours. And through everything, we'll break forward. See, it's running through every door. Are you ready for what's in store? They will say that you'll never be feeling you with dark energy. Enemies will eventually turn into a chain of memories. Those memories have a tendency to break every wall. Whether short or tall, that's your destiny. Every step is a path you take to your legacy. Here's the key to your destiny. Open doors like it's sesame. Even those without a heart still has a form of identity. Times might be helpless and talk without a doubt. But what's inside will never die and you gotta try. Protect your kingdom. Protect your kingdom. Protect your kingdom. Protect your kingdom. Got friends in different places with many different faces. And the more you meet alone. Remixer Usa returns to OCR after almost seven years and teams up with Sir Nuts on a Mega Man X2 remix. Laser power may begin quiet, but its smooth buildup through the Shield Sheldon and X-Hunter themes is the musical equivalent of a charging X-Buster. By the end of the track, this song has more than enough energy to flatten a boss or two.
Another newcomer to OCR, VG Piano Man debuts with Boy Meets Piano, a heartfelt tribute to Earthbound that leaves you feeling good. Beautiful and whimsical, but unafraid to be bold, the solo piano really carries this tune to its playful, cheery extremes. Somewhere in a jaunty saloon, in the wildest westernmost parts of the Mushroom Kingdom, Weisty, an expert novice's Super Mario RPG remix, Honky Town, is setting the background for rounds of drinks, poker games, and the odd fireball lobbing competition. Swing by ocremix.org and find this track and more on the Super Mario RPG Window to the Stars album. DM92 is here to shred on the guitar and kill Nazis, and he's all out of Nazis. His Wolfenstein 3D remix, Get Psyched, is a hard metal call to war, deep and strong and steady. It's the perfect kind of track to pump you up to do some dirty work, be that stalking from room to room of a castle killing off the Third Reich, or just cleaning the leaves out of the gutters in your house. 
It's hard to put a new spin on an often remixed track, but remixer Morty is a veteran of such work. This time taking on Donkey Kong Country 2's beloved sticker brush Symphony, his new track Seagull Sonata is an auditory chill pill, blending delicate piano and synth with an acoustic guitar in a pleasing, ever-changing way that relaxes without becoming hypnotic. Time for another frozen treat from OCR's excellent Chrono Trigger Jazz album, Chronology. Arranged by Weisty and performed by the incredible nine-piece OC Jazz Collective, When Hell Freezes Over is a slow but deliberate track that knows exactly where it's going, but isn't in any hurry to get there. It's a drifting snowfall kind of jazz, and fills the air with something beautiful, and gives a busy mind a break.
Set high in a craggy mountainside, surrounded by bitter wind and an aura of defiled beauty, the Mount Nebel reactor stretches high into the sky, the cold steel tombstone of a long-buried calamity from the stars. Remixer Weisty conjures the mood precisely with Shrouded Reactor, a haunting solo piano exploration of this memorable section of Final Fantasy VII. For these remixes and more, head over to ocremix.org. Welcome back to another Intune interview, the part of the show where we talk to music makers about the music that they make. It's me, it's Steven again, and today I am pleased to be joined by Laura Shigehara. Welcome to the show, Laura. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Hey, it's it's our pleasure, of course. Um, and before we get into all the Rockwind business, which we'll get to soon enough, let's start with who are you and what kind of stuff have you worked on in the past? Well, I guess I call myself a composer, video game composer and songwriter. I um, was the composer and sound designer for Plants vs. Zombies. Um, and perform the song Everything's Alright into the Moon. 
everything is alright. Chin up, I can't step into the spotlight. I was an audio director at EA for a little while, where I wrote songs and I worked on a bunch of in-house projects. I worked on like a lot of <laughs> different smaller games, but I guess like one of my most recent ones I had a lot of fun with was I arranged and wrote、um, lyrics for and got to sing for three songs on、uh, Mitsuda's 20th anniversary Chrono album. And the main thing we're talking about today is actually not just a soundtrack, but it's a whole game—a game that you are developing. Once upon a time, there lived a boy in a faraway land called Morisora's Forest. Even though he was still quite young, the boy was considered a great warrior by his tribe. One day. The boy returned home from a hunt to find that everyone in his tribe had disappeared. At first, the boy was very afraid, but he soon learned that his tribe had escaped danger by sailing to a world called Rakuen. In order to reach them, the boy decided to seek help from the great guardian of the forest, Morisora, for it has been said that Morisora would grant one wish to anyone who was able to complete his challenges. Thus, the boy set off on a great journey. He fought evil spirits, visited many lands, and befriended even the most severe of creatures. And at long last, Morisora granted the boy his wish—a ride on his magical boat. The boy was now able to sail away, finally reuniting with his tribe and all those he loved in the beautiful world of Rakuen. Rockwin is, I guess you could say, a story-based adventure about a little boy who lives in the hospital, and、uh, one day he asks his mom to escort him to the fantasy world from his favorite storybook, so that he can ask the guardian of the the forest there for a wish.、Um, in order to get the wish, he has to help his neighbors in the hospital by interacting with their alter egos in the fantasy world. So、um, I guess you could say it's kind of an adventure game.、Um, there's a lot of like dialogue-based mysteries, a lot of puzzles.、Um, it's heavily story-driven, and of course, there's a lot of music in it. There's like 52、uh, tracks on the soundtrack, ten of which are vocal.、Um, What was the like original inspiration for you to create a game and not just do the music? Like, have you ever worked as a developer before? 
Well, I guess I had a hobby project a while back called Melaloon that I was developing, but I think、mm-hmm. I always just wanted to create a video game. When I was little,、um, I used to, I loved Mega Man so much. I dressed up as Mega Man for Halloween in the fourth grade, and、um, I used to design levels on paper. They were probably really bad,、mm-hmm. but,、um, and then I'd write out like RPG plots and stuff like that, and I always remembered,、um, Reading this one issue of Nintendo Power, I forget it was like 72 or 77, it's whichever one Yoshi's Island was about. And I remember thinking it was really cool because they did this interview in it of、um, Shigeru Miyamoto, and that was the first time I had heard of somebody in the game industry kind of doing creative things for a living.、Uh, where I grew up, I think people were pretty rigid about careers. They were like, you got to be a doctor、mm-hmm. or an engineer or a lawyer, and that's it. And if you want to do something creative, that's crazy town, you know? So,、um, I always loved creative things, but I thought of it as a hobby, you know?、Um, and so when I read that, I was like, wow, there's this guy here and he's, you know, his, his living is doing creative things. And I just thought that was so cool. So much of what he said resonated with me. So I think from pretty early on, I kind of, you know, had that desire like, oh, it'd be so cool to make a game or、yeah. work at a game company. Or something like that. So, when, when it came to starting Rakuen, was it something you've had planned for a long time? Well, let's see. I, I had this pretty big hobby project before,、um, which I mentioned is called Mellow Luna, and I got pretty far along with it,、um, but I ended up accepting a job、um, at EA, and they told me I could keep working on it if I wanted、mm-hmm. to, but I just didn't have the bandwidth to work on everything at the same time.、Right. So, when I、right. left,、um, It was kind of tough because I'm like, oh, I'm going to get back into Mellow Loon again. But I always say to folks, you know how, like, when you play an RPG and then you quit and you stop for a while and then you try to get back into it again and you're really confused,、yep. like, where did I leave off?、Mm-hmm. But when you're making. You stopped halfway through the water temple and you shouldn't have done exactly, that. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you're making an RPG, it's like 10 times harder to figure out where you are. So I was just like, oh my、yeah. gosh, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And I thought, oh, maybe I should make something smaller to get back into it again. I'm not sure if you heard the. The Play for Japan album.、Um, it was organized. I did, yeah. Oh, cool.、Um, so, yeah, that was Akira Yamoka's like, organization efforts, and he brought a bunch of composers together.、Um, I wrote a song for the album called Jump. I was talking with my friend Emmy, who we, we met at EA. She was the lead artist on My Sims, and she worked on a lot of the Sims games. And she's this really great、mm-hmm. artist.、Um, and, and we were like, oh, it would be so cool to make a music video <laughs> for this song. Because when I was writing it, I was kind of imagining.、Um, Just scenes in my head, like I was sitting at the piano and thinking, oh, I imagined a boy, you know, stuck in the hospital and his mom kind of helps him go on this adventure. They like braid a bunch of sheets together, climb out the window and go on this, this big adventure in another world. And、yeah. so she ended up moving. And when we met up again, she brought all these concept art sketches and we were like sitting there talking and we're like, man, we should do something more with this. Like we should, we should make a whole game. <laughs> so that's、huh. sort of how that、um, led to that, I guess you could say. That's awesome. That one song like, started this entire adventure that has turned into a full fledged game like, <laughs> on Steam. <laughs> That's really cool. 
So you mentioned you at least have someone helping with concept art. Mm -hmm. Who else is involved with the game? Let's see. Well, for I'd say for like 90% of it, it was just me and Emmy. Um, she's... Uh, uh, her full name is Emi Toyonaga, and she she's the lead artist. Mm -hmm. So she ended up doing the character portraits, like the the big art that you see when you talk to people. Um, and she ended up doing a lot of the pixel art as well. I had to do, like, I think because it's my project, I ended up having to do a lot of different things. Like, one of my friends mm -hmm. says Jill of all trades. I like that term. Um, so, like, the programming, writing the dialogue, um, the game design, audio. And I think I ended up doing a lot of the pixel art characters too, and the marketing stuff and all that. Um, but then wow. like the last 10%, we've had a lot of wonderful folks helping out with just getting things wrapped up. So like Steven Davis did a bunch of pixel art and animations. Um, we've got some awesome people from the community that are helping with things like Steamworks integration. Cause it turns out there's like a lot of random things you have to do to put the game on steam. So my right. friends, Ariab helped with that. Um, and yeah. Kirio and Ali, those are their, their nicknames. They helped us port uh, the game to Mac and Linux. And we've had a lot of folks testing the game. Oh, and of course, Matt, Matt did a lot of the, um, the tile sets, Matt Holmberg. And so how long have you guys been developing the game at this point? Hmm. Well, we started a while ago, but there was like time off the project and stuff. So I'd say in total, like maybe a little over four years. That's not bad. A whole game to get, get done in four years, which is a couple of people. That's really cool. <laughs> so when it comes to the actual music and sound design of Rockwind, mm -hmm. how did you approach that? Was it influenced at all by Jump? Um, yes, it was influenced um by jump i think um when i wrote the song i was imagining kind of like the lyrics to be about you know in life if you get a new job or someone gets sick or you know you have a new relationship or like kind of any new thing in life you don't know how it's going to work out and you just kind of have to hope for the best and go for it um i was also thinking that you know when you're a kid and your parents or you know whoever's taking care of you is, you know tells you everything's going to be all right don't worry um and it's mm -hmm. really reassuring like they they can't always explain to you how everything's going to be all right but i think sometimes we just want to hear that and i've seen a lot of people you know in the twilight of their their lives you know something happens to them they get sick they're in the hospital and they're really scared because they don't have somebody to tell them that and i think that um the song kind of I felt like it was about that concept as well. So while working on it, that's when I started getting those scenes in my head of, of the boy in the hospital and the mom taking him on this great adventure to kind of create this world for him. Um, and slowly I started imagining the characters and what they were going through and the boy's interactions with them and how he's he's not really this conventional hero. He helps by being empathetic and by listening to them mm -hmm. and helping them sort of figure out their unfinished business. and. Um, I think because of that song, a lot of it, a lot of the game came out of that. Looking through the soundtrack now that it's all complete and implemented into the game, what are some of your favorite moments or some of the songs that maybe surprised you that you weren't expecting to have composed? There's this one track, it's Lil Bud's remix, and that one I kind of had fun with because it's sort of like slightly hip-hop and it's like mm -hmm. a hip-hop take on like a, a track I had composed directly before that, which is like a classical track. <laughs> um, so I kind of had fun with that.
the final track in the game, how I, I planned for it from the beginning, but how it ended up coming together still ended up surprising me. Um, basically, there's five different people in the hospital that you end up helping, and at the end of each of their quest lines, their reward is that they, they'll sing you a song that kind of um, encapsulates like whatever their backstory was that you learn about. It has something to do with that, and you get this, mm-hmm. this runestone piece. And so I compose those in such a way that even though they're each like five standalone songs, each of their main melodies will combine together at the end um, to form oh, cool. like a harmony and a final big song. And so putting that together um, in my head, I'm like, oh, I really hope this this turns out the way I'm imagining it. But the final result ended up just surprising me a lot, like finally getting to see it all come yeah. together and stuff like that. That's awesome. Did you spend a lot of time like hopping between those songs and tweaking them so they'd fit together or play off of each other more? Or did you, you know, kind of compose them one by one? It was actually fun because so my friend Andy, um, he's he was the program or yeah, the one of the people programming Spelunky. Um, turns out mm-hmm. he's also like a secret singer. <laughs> and he has a really good voice. <laughs> and so he voices um the character Tony, who's like a, a grandpa and incidentally a bear in the, the fantasy world. But he came over to visit one time for GDC and we were like sitting at the piano and um, I sang the part for one of the other characters and he sang for the bear character. And it was really cool hearing um, how it would harmonize. So um, those two parts were easy, but for the the other three, I had to kind of... Um, yeah, go back and forth, make sure that nothing conflicted, like that there was no right. cacophony. There were a few times where at the end I'd go back and be like, oh, no, there's this one note that's out of place and it sounds really bad and I'd have to kind of change mm-hmm. it. And um, with the lyrics as well, um, making it sound nice together, like they weren't fighting yeah. with each other over, you know, who who was singing louder and stuff. Um, like I had to spend some time on that, but I'm really happy with how it turned out in the end. That kind of segues pretty well into another question I had, which was about the challenges that, you know, came up when developing Mm -hmm. Raccoon. What were some of those and how did you deal with them? I'd say like the biggest challenge is probably just staying self-motivated and focused for that long a period of time. (laughs) Right. Because like, I'm used to working on projects that don't take as long to complete. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, four years is a really long time and just, um... I think a lot of the stuff that I had to do, I, I don't know if outside my comfort zone is the best way to put it, but I mean, it, it did mm-hmm. require like a lot of focus, like inventing cutscenes that were really, really long and then sitting there and timing frames to get all the audio synchronized and figuring out like debugging stuff. And um, I think it just took a lot of focus. And I, I think since mm-hmm. the projects I've worked on have, I've been used to like a shorter time frame that that was a pretty big challenge you know not getting distracted not wanting to move on to something else um yeah in the game development community there's especially the rpg maker community there's a lot of folks that will set out to make like oh i'm gonna make this like 60 hour rpg and have like 20 different characters and you know and then Mm. they it's very difficult for them to finish because it's such a huge project and they'll bounce around a lot of times so Mm -hmm. that let's see besides that um technical hurdles like if i have some kind of a technical problem with something like there's some software issue with my music software or some kind Mm -hmm. of a bug i don't know how to fix and i can't proceed i find that that is really stifling to creativity because i'll have like you know this song i want to get out but then i'll be stuck fixing something and then by the end like the song will have left me and i'll be like man (laughs) so i guess kind of to wrap up the whole story of rockwin 
what do you think that you've learned, you know, over the years of making this game? Like, what are your big takeaways? I learned that it's really important to appreciate every day. Um, one of the characters, Cora, she was based off of my friend's niece who was in the hospital for a while and um, her story is kind of cool like before she had to go through chemo her mom was like well you know what let's let's give you can do whatever hairstyle you want so she ended up getting like a giant pink mohawk and I thought that was really cool so that character in the game you can see this kid with the pink mohawk and one of her quotes she says I can you know be gone in eight minutes or 80 years like I don't know so I'm just gonna try to make the best of everything and I think just looking around and seeing you know stuff that's happened to people a lot of things happened in the last four years in my life a lot of changes and and challenges mm -hmm. and I think a big thing is just you know appreciate every day appreciate the people that you have around you your friends and your family um, and it makes you happier too when you're when you're thankful when you think about those kinds of things it completely changes your outlook on life so that's that's one thing I've definitely learned um, more about in the past four years uh, besides that I've learned that it's really really important not to listen to your self-defeating thoughts when you're in a funk yes because <laughs> it happens yes. like, especially when you're exhausted like i'll finish like a day of coding and i'll be really frustrated because there's some bug i can't solve and then gosh those thoughts really get to you you know you start thinking like this isn't good oh no one's gonna like it i'm, I'm wasting all mm -hmm. this time and um one of my friends um has this i guess it was a tweet that he put out a long time ago um he, he said that the creative process has like six phases, I think. <clears throat> um, it starts off like the first phase is like, oh, this is a great idea. And then the second one is like, hmm, this is hard work. And the third one is like, oh man, this is, this sucks. And then I suck. <laughs> and then like, oh wait, this is kind of, this is looking okay. And then the last one is, is like, oh, I made something pretty cool. So, um, yeah. like after I was reading that, his name's Kazuki Buishi, like, and I was just like, that is so true. <laughs> Cause I, yeah. I've been there. <laughs> I've really been there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very important to to keep that all in perspective and when I get those thoughts I try to tell myself Laura it's just chemical you know you're just tired or in the spunk mm -hmm. um, wait till morning you know or like wait till you feel better and and you're probably going to be all right again and then if you can get through that then you can persevere and and see see yourself to the end of the project <laughs> right yeah even just like that idea of hey you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Just see. Just see what happens. Like, what have you got to lose? Yeah. Just pushing forward one day at a time, one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. It's really important, I, I would imagine, especially when taking on such a huge task, you know, like making a whole game. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and of course, lists are very good because it's games have so many details and then directing mm -hmm. a game has even more details. It's like everything from you have to set up a business bank account and you have to like mail these these things out to people that want copies and um, uh -huh. you have to fix this list of like 50 bugs and write down all the map IDs and coordinates for people and then you have to redo this sprite and there's just like so many tiny things. So it's really good to have it all written down i use like text documents and sometimes i like to just write stuff by hand because it's more like i don't uh -huh. know it's a cool feeling for me <laughs> to write stuff down manually but yeah you know i gotta say those are really good answers like <laughs> i i didn't expect such interesting uh well thought out answers to that so congratulations oh, thank you <laughs> i guess last question then if people want to learn more about the game or you know the soundtrack or play it for themselves when it comes out where can they do that 
Um, so it's on Bandcamp. Hopefully it'll be on iTunes soon, but right now it's definitely on Bandcamp. And then um, they can play the game on Steam. You can actually wishlist it now. And yeah, you can actually just like look up Rockwin on, on Steam now. And um, Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so you can actually listen to selections from the Rockwin soundtrack on Bandcamp right now. Uh, but the full game releases on May 10th. So you should be able to find it on Steam. Laura, thanks so much for coming and hanging out for a little while. Oh, thank you for having me. It was really fun getting to talk about stuff. Definitely. And uh, for now, we are going to head back to the show. Welcome to The Big Ones, a look at popular game music and what makes it so loved. Today is all about the LucasArts adventure game classic, The Secret of Monkey Island. Up front, this is going to be another two-parter, for the same reasons as the Street Fighter 2 episode. I just got so wrapped up in all the different versions of the soundtrack that I'm going to focus this episode entirely on that, and next time we'll dive into the actual music from the game. I grew up being fascinated by adventure games. I didn't get to play many on my own until a little bit later in life, but I loved watching my brothers play some of the old Indiana Jones games. In middle school, I distinctly remember watching a segment on G4, of all things, that was all about Tim Schafer. I looked into some of his games, which led me to Grim Fandango and Psychonauts, which are now two of my favorite games of all time. But I also looked into the back catalog of LucasArts Adventure Games, and found the Monkey Island games, designed by Ron Gilbert, Dave Grossman, and Tim Schafer. My family got their first computer in the mid-90s, and while we had a few games, Monkey Island wasn't among them. But later in life, I discovered the special edition released in 2009, and that would actually run on a modern computer. And looking back on it now, I think The Secret of Monkey Island still holds up, as much as an old adventure game can at least. Adventure games have a bad habit of having incredibly dense and nonsensical puzzles and solutions. Most of these games don't hold up well if it's your first time playing. And ironically, in my opinion, the best way to play an adventure game is to have already played it, but it was long enough ago that you forgot most of the solutions. That way, you know how the game thinks and how to get through some particularly stupid puzzles, but you still have those eureka moments. But The Secret of Monkey Island has enough interesting characters and unique systems to keep things interesting from the beginning, with the BS solutions being kept to a minimum. The game was originally released in 1990 and tells the story of Guybrush Threepwood, who wants to be a pirate. He gets wrapped up in a whole strange cast of characters and ends up seeking to defeat the ghost pirate LeChuck before LeChuck can marry Elaine Marley, the governor of Melee Island. You have to solve lots of puzzles along the way that vary from the annoying and absurd to the brilliant. But today I want to talk about the soundtrack. The music was composed by 1990s LucasArts standby Michael Land, along with Patrick Mundy, Barney Jones, and Andy Newell. The direction for the soundtrack was simply pirate reggae, and it lives up to that genre. But before we get to that, we need to first look at the different versions of the soundtrack. Let's take a look at the opening theme and see the many different renditions. PCs didn't have a unified sound at that time, since sound cards varied so much. There were some really high quality cards, but PCs were already so expensive that shelling out more money for a really good sound card was outside of reach for most PC owners. So some people would have played Monkey Island with only the PC's incredibly limited internal speaker. I'll be honest though, I kind of love this rendition, even though it's even more limited than Atari. The PC speaker can only play one note at a time, but by composing in a certain way, you can fake it sounding like multiple lines are playing at once. 
In this theme specifically, the melody and backing line don't play at exactly the same time, so the listener gets the impression of polyphony. And what's amazing is that, as far as my research could tell, this wasn't intentional. Based on the way that the game's engine works, when playing with only the internal speaker, the game tries to translate the full musical score into a single line, which usually in PC games results in a garbled mess, but actually turns out really well in this case. The version that most people would have heard at the time is the ad-lib version. The ad-lib card was incredibly common in PCs at the time. It was first released in 1987, but didn't take off immediately. However, after rival company Sierra supported it for King's Quest IV, it took off and pretty much every game developer started supporting the ad-lib and designed music specifically for it. Yamaha YM3812 sound chip, which is present in a lot of keyboards in the mid-80s, as well as in the later Sound Blaster cards, which overtook the ad-lib in the early 90s. This sound is emblematic of this era of PC gaming, but there was another prominent way to play PC music at the time, the Roland MT32. The Roland MT32 features way higher quality samples, especially given that it came out in 1987. However, it retailed for $695, which is around $1,500 in 2017. So it was really meant more for amateur and semi-professional musicians. That's a lot of money just to make your PC game sound nice, but it sounds incredible even today. It doesn't really sound real, but it sounds clear and crisp, not fuzzy and soft like the ad-lib. There's a great video by the 8-bit guy on YouTube about the Roland MT32, so check that out if you care at all about old keyboards and computers. There's also the IBM PC Game Blaster, which features 12 square wave channels and 4 noise channels. For comparison, the NES has 2 square channels and 1 noise channel. So this version sounds very NES-like but it has stereo. This allows the music to be surprisingly emotive and expressive. This card wasn't as common as the later Sound Blaster cards and the AdLib card, but I still thought it was interesting. In 1992, The Secret of Monkey Island was released on CD-ROM. This features high-quality versions of all of the music tracks, plus a few new ones. Technically, CD audio could involve real instruments, but this one doesn't probably because of budget concerns.
It features virtual instruments circa 1992, so it still doesn't quite sound real, but it's definitely more crisp and clean than the PC speaker or the AdLib. It's similar to the MT32 in a lot of ways, but with a little extra polish. Then, in 2009, the Secret of Monkey Island Special Edition was released by LucasArts. This features full voice acting, new graphics, the ability to switch between the original graphics and the new graphics, an overhauled UI, and the biggest update, a new soundtrack. I love this version. The updated soundtrack was created by Jesse Harlan, who actually had to transcribe the music from reverse-engineered MIDI tracks from the original game, and by ear. Although LucasArts made this re-release, the original files were long gone at that point, and in Jesse Harlan's words, if it did exist at one time, it didn't now. The remaster has a mixture of real and virtual instruments, and sounds incredible. You can just hear the love in each track. And there are probably a dozen more versions, based on the many different computers and sound cards from the time, so apologies if I didn't include the version that you grew up with. In the next episode, I'm going to focus on the AdLib, MT32, and Remastered versions, but just note there's a bunch more out there. I love listening to the different versions of the same tune, and learning a little bit about old technology in the process. But next episode, I'm really excited to start talking about the music in the game, and just how the composers interpret pirate reggae. Until next time, listen well. What a show. Just what I was thinking, man. What a show. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for episode 63 of the Overclock Podcast. If you want to find more from OC Remix, you can head to www.ocremix.org. Yes, you can also find us on Twitter at OCR Podcast. That's a great way to get hold of us. You can also email us at podcast at ocremix.org. Mm-hmm. And don't forget about the people we have to thank for sending off this particular show, including Sin Shottis, winner of the prize of our survey, our favorite person, um, and he wrote mm -hmm. the Remix Rewinds. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Laura, who did our interview today. Yes, thank you, Laura. That was a lovely chat. And, of course, Matthew uh -huh. for another excellently researched and fun to listen to Big One segment. Yes. Do you like how efficient that outro was, Stephen? um nah i think we could have messed it up a little more would have been funnier okay that that's a good point do something funny <laughs> and on that note we're heading over to this week's playlist peaceful music <laughs> The Playlist is a weekly collection of listener-submitted recommendations so we can all discover music together. This week's theme is 
peaceful music. Home Sweet Home, from Residents of Fate and submitted by Square Evil. Shape of Life, from Eternal Sonata and submitted by Zachary. theme from To the Moon and submitted by Joseph G. A Wish from Secret of Mana and submitted by Willrock.
cliff sign from Globulus and submitted by Tamias222. the wall from machinarium and submitted by ian Pegasus from Dragon Quest VI Symphonic Suite and submitted by Star Phoenix.
Snowy Mountain from Sonic Adventure and submitted by Sothin. Beneath the Mask, from Persona 5, and submitted by Systems Ready. Rena Lanford of Arlia Village, originally from Star Ocean, the second story, remixed by Dale North, and submitted by Phoenix Down.
Corridors of Time, from Chrono Trigger and submitted by Jeff. been listening to the overclock podcast next week's playlist is sega music now this will be our very first listening party so join us on discord at may 13th at 4 p.m central you can find links to the discord channel on our twitter page so to submit your own suggestions or just say hello before saying hello live on discord hit us up on twitter at ocr podcast Email us at podcast at ocremix.org or visit us on the forums at ocremix.org. This week's lyrical wisdom. Until the stars all fall down, they empty from the sky. But I don't mind. If you're with me, then everything's all right.